in a world where. Yeah. Which I, I dig that the way we all say our voices. Pat Cantigal. I'm just oh, like. Yeah, ah, <laughs> and Pat Cantigal. Bo says it cool. And everyone says mm-hmm. it like Dennis Madu, you know, all day. Mm-hmm. And then, and, the, and you've got that voice going, John Reed. And it's how you say I'm just like, that is so cool. Like, we all say our voices different. I mean, that's just pretty cool. John Reed. Um, we watched, Sharon and I watched a movie. It was kind of a funny movie. It's called In a World. Okay. And it's on Netflix. Okay. And it's supposed to be the main character is, uh, she's the daughter of a famous voice actor. Okay. And she's been trying to get work. She's trying to get out from under his shadow. But everybody's always like, oh, you're so-and-so's daughter. Oh, that's so cute. And mm-hmm. oh, you do voiceovers, but you're a woman. Nobody wants women voiceovers. Okay. And so the whole movie is like her trying to get some kind of gig. And like she's always trying to practice different accents and and you know she coaches different people on on how to um you know how to i think uh, ava longoria might have been in the movie okay and she okay. plays someone who's supposed to be in the movie acting british okay but she's got this horrible british accent and so this then the main character is like trying to have to coach her and she's like no 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 that that's not how british people say it you want to say it like this mm-hmm. and she's trying to coach her and help mm-hmm. her out with it and what ends up happening in the movie is she gets she actually gets a part um, for a trailer. Okay. And it's supposed to be big, like a big Hunger Games type okay. movie series that's coming out. And so she gets the part doing the voiceover for this trailer, and it's like the in a world. Yeah. And they start, the beginning credits of the movie starts talking about um, the the guy that had, the, had that voice. Okay. And, and always started off some of his trailers that way. Yeah. And so she's, that's why it's called, what's other movies called that, and, and she kind of, Starts her recording off with that, and cool. and she ends up getting the job, which then really makes her dad upset because he was about to retire and win like a lifetime achievement award, but he just can't stand it that his daughter, a woman, beat out you know his he had been training a man to be kind of like oh, his replacement okay. in okay. movie trailers, and it just kind of it it really made him upset. So then he put in. To try to apply for this job okay. as the voiceover artist, and so then there's this big fight between him and his daughter. And but it's actually kind of a funny movie. Cool, but it's all about like voiceover artists and how they do what they and do. And it's fiction. It's, it's all fiction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it was funny. cool. I'll, t- I'll have to check it out. But yeah, then it then it makes me want to like go to the microphone. Like, Welcome to Movie Phone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> why don't you just tell me? The... You know, why don't you just tell me that? <laughs> hey, it's the Movie Phone guy. Stop stealing. <laughs> <laughs> In a world where 15 episodes in, the hosts realized they didn't really introduce anything about themselves other than that they were teachers and what their names were. One host, John Reed, decided to take it upon himself to interview each of the members of the 30-something movie podcast and find out a little bit more about them. And frankly, he already knows them because they're his friends. But you don't. So now it's time for you to get to know the hosts of the 30-something movie podcast. Welcome back to the 30-something movie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It is not time for another movie just yet, but as we realized a little while back, and as I mentioned in the intro, um, we did not introduce ourselves at all. So you have a bunch of total strangers that you really don't even know, uh, unless you, unless it's you. Thanks, Mom, uh, for listening, and thanks for downloading like all those all those times. Um, 
But we realized we didn't introduce ourselves. So unless you're our family and you're listening to this, you have no clue who we are uh, or what type of movies we like or why we kind of lean the way that we lean uh, when it comes to some of the things we enjoy about movies, some of the things we focus on, what we've commented on. So we're trying to go through and interview each of the co-hosts of the 30-something movie podcast. And uh, my episode came out, I think it was about a week ago. And with me, I have, I feel like I should play the It's Pat music yeah. from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's going to be the title of this episode. It's Pat. Is it's Pat. Mine was Dear John. Yours right, is going to be It's Pat. I think Dennis may be Dennis the Menace. Yeah, that would be um, good. I don't know what to do for Jeff or Bo yet, but... We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll, okay. we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll come up with something clever. Um, so I have with me Pat Cantagallo. Hello. And uh, so we're going to learn a little bit more about Pat today. <laughs> there you go. Lucky you. Okay. I almost feel like I slipped into like an NPR. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to learn a little bit more today yeah. about Pat Cantagallo. Pat, right. can you tell me, how, how are you doing, Pat? I'm doing well. Good to see you guys. That's great. That's great. Had a wild night the other yeah, night. It was But, uh, you know, I slept it off and it's okay. It's okay. Everything's good now. Yeah. Everything is awesome. Everything's great. So, uh, Mr. Schwetty is here. <laughs> yeah. we're, not, we're not going there. Yeah, that's the other podcast. That's, that's, the, that's the, if you support the 30-something movie <laughs> podcast, you can get the unrated version. Um, so, Pat, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, like just about everybody else on the podcast, I'm a teacher. Um, but uh, aside from, uh, well, I'm a band director, music teacher, so that kind of narrows the field down a little bit. But uh, aside from uh, being a teacher, I like to uh, ride motorcycles, run, water ski, um, read books, uh, watch movies, and you know, listen to music. So pretty much all the all the good things in life. I guess that's a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. You're also because of the motorcycles and everything else. You're also a car guy. So a lot uh, that's of times that's right. So you focus on the car chases and movies and the yes. so Repo Man is going to be a big one for you because. Yeah, all the like the classic cars and the exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, that that'll be you know usually when uh, I get excited about something, you know, when, I think when we were talking about Ghostbusters, Ecto One stood out in my mind, mm-hmm. and you know when we're I know we're going to be in coming up, we're going to be talking about Back to the Future, and so mm-hmm. that you know the flying DeLorean always, you know, those are the big things that I remember from mm-hmm. growing up. So where we're going, we don't need roads. That's right. That and, and the music side of things too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll always whereas some people are fine just to let music either blend into the background or play kind of a supporting role. Like sometimes I'll either greatly enjoy movies that aren't otherwise so good because of the music or, you know, have a hard time struggle, you know, struggle enjoying movies mm-hmm. because the music is, you know, kind of iffy. So right. that'll affect it. Well, too. and that's why I like to talk to you about it because I think, I feel like I love music and the way it gets used in movies and how music, like the movie Amadeus, music is almost like another character right. in the movie. And I love that stuff, but I have no musical knowledge or skill myself. Okay. So I like to talk to people like you who actually know like how music is put together, like what the terminology for certain things are and right. stuff like that. So I just, you know... I have a passing I listen, I, There's people who know a lot more than me. You know, right, but, but I, I listen to you talk about it and I go, okay, yes, yes. I nod my head. I have no clue what you're talking about. But <laughs> but absolutely. I totally agree. But it sounds good. Mm-hmm. So what type of movies do you tend to lean towards? If you're going to go pick a movie, think of some genres, and if you're going to go pick a movie, what would be the genres that you tend to pick over and over again? Yeah, I think the the number one is is pretty easy. It's going to be either adventure movies or action-adventure movies. You know, anything with with action in them. That's kind of why I like to see movies, uh, the movies that I like to see. Uh, And that can be anything. That can be westerns. That can be 
kung fu movies, that can be fantasy movies, that can be sci-fi movies, that can be modern action movies, that can be you know action set in the past. It, it's really you know that's that's why I like to go see movies. Um, I mentioned that I like to read a lot, and pretty much I'd say about ninety-nine percent of the books that I read are all history, nonfiction uh, books. I there's a few fiction things that I read, but for the most part, it's it's history or current event or any of that kind of thing. And for movies, I like the complete opposite of that. You know, it's like the complete antithesis. I like to go and just you know pop the popcorn and enjoy a you know get get taken to a place that isn't you know necessarily real and uh, enjoy it. So that's 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 the category of movies I like the most. Okay. Sometimes you get so caught up in it you fall asleep. Usually I will fall asleep in movies. And that is something that, you know, I'm sure that you can tell some stories about. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I've fallen asleep during the, the Wolverine. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. I've fallen asleep. Pat and I went to go see the Wolverine and I don't know if it was late at night or, or what it was. I think maybe it was a little bit later because we were waiting for, you know, getting our kids in bed and everything yeah. else and then you and I met at the movie theater and we went to go see the Wolverine and I think it was like Halfway, I'll give you benefit of the doubt and say it was halfway through the movie. Might have been sooner. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking over and, and you weren't snoring yet. But, <laughs> but I look over and you were kind of doing one of those head bobs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. Pat's falling asleep. Well, do I let him fall asleep or do I nudge him? He's probably going to feel bad that he paid and he's not seeing this movie. So right. maybe I nudge him a little bit or. I'm like, nah, I, you know, I'll just. I, he's got, he's got young kids. I'll, right. I'll let him go. I know, <laughs> I know the feeling, so I'm going to let <laughs> right. him go and just right. let him. And then you did one of those snoring <laughs> <laughs> things. Yeah. And I'm like, Pat. Then people started turning around and looking. And I'm yeah. Like, just like a, little, a little elbow here and there. Um, but you know, hey, it's it only happened the one time in the movie theater, right? So we're not counting that time you fell asleep on the bus uh, in a, at a field trip. Yeah. So yeah, um, falling asleep, but, you know, falling asleep, and I, you know, I, I, I'd like to give myself the excuse of having kids, but it's been since I've been eighteen. Mm-hmm. I think the record was a, a buddy of mine and I rented a movie in college, and I don't even think I saw. I think I saw like the, the movie house, you know, where they put 20th Century up mm-hmm. on there, and they have the lights of the lion roaring for was that MGM or yeah. whatever the yeah. heck it is. I think I saw that, and then I was seeing the closing credits. Yeah, and as far as the Wolverine, uh, funny, I, I'm like, yeah, damn it, this is a great movie. We got to rent it, you know. And I fell asleep during parts of it, so we got to watch it. And I have to be honest, I think I saw the first five minutes because it, it was like a whole new experience <laughs> um, until I got to the middle, and I'm like, oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then pretty I think that's much when I nudged you. Yeah, yeah, and and then I remember that, and then the ending was completely new, yeah. and it was like, wow, that's that was a really good movie, right? Both times, yeah. so you know, it was. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. staying awake during movies has, for me, is, is a struggle and has no bearing on mm-hmm. whether I like the movie or not. That's well, it's better than my mom. I think my mom, uh, she took us to see because I don't think I had my driver's license yet. She took us to see the Star Wars movies when they came back out, right. with the special editions, right? And we ended up we got there a little bit late, so we ended up having to sit in like in the second or third row, right, right. right up by the speakers, right up by the screen. And here we are. It's the end of the movie. Big battle. Death Star explodes. Right. And I look over there, and my mom's snoring. Like, you gotta be kidding! Now I know she's not a Star Wars fan, but right. like, come on, explosions everywhere and stuff, right. and dramatic music, and and you're sleeping. Yeah, I don't think she's ever seen the end of Casablanca, but that's totally totally different. Yeah, thing. that's that's hard. But yeah, falling asleep that's bad during movies. And what'll usually happen at home is I'll put something on, ask Tammy if she wants to watch a movie, and she says no, you're just gonna fall asleep again. You know, it's so, mm-hmm. all right. So I put the movie on, then she'll get sucked into it. I'll get a good night's sleep, albeit mm-hmm. on the couch, she'll stay up late to, you know, finish the movie that she got sucked into. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That's fine. 
So I know this was kind of a this was a tough thing for me to do, and I know you and I talked about this beforehand, and this has always been a bit of a struggle when we just talk about this amongst our friends. Um, trying to decide what are your top five movies, and I know you probably struggled with this as much as I did. So. Yeah. How did you, and, and you said you kind of have a top four, and then beyond that, things get a little dicey. Yeah, I've got a top four, and then it's sort of like inviting people, I use the reference of inviting people to a wedding. You know, you can, you keep the list at a certain number, and then you add a few more names in, and you can't just add another name, you got to add another ten. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was kind of hard. I, I feel like I've got a solid top four. Okay. And, um... But then the fifth place could be. I've got a couple of ideas for it, but you know that it could be any one of okay. anything. And so. are these in any particular order? Or uh, yes, the, okay. yes. So the easiest. So I feel like the, the you know we go to trivia sometimes. We play right. trivia on, right. on Tuesday nights or Thursday nights, and and uh, those do the music round, and they have that voice that comes on and goes one. Yeah. The, when they play the different songs, so. The, so let's, let's get started with your list. With, with is this list. number one or is this number five? This is number one. Okay. Or do we, do we want to go backwards? No, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. Well, yeah, well let's go number one because that's right. what I, you know. Then So the number one greatest, uh, my favorite movie is, uh, you know, like I said, is the greatest movie ever made. So it's convenient that that works out. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, uh, my favorite movie is The Great Escape, 1963 or four, I believe. I okay. can't remember exactly what year it came out. But um, yeah, that one, and... Part of it is, you know, growing up and watching that with my dad and my grandfather and, and that. But um, my favorite actor of all time was Steve McQueen. And so, you know, he's got the starring role in that movie. And so that's incredible. Um, you know, and it was actually a, a blockbuster for the day because I think it had just about all the major actors. Um, James Garner, Richard Attenborough was in it. Um, uh, and I'm forgetting I'm forgetting all their names mm-hmm. now as it going. But it was, it was basically a... Uh, uh, you know, an A-list actors in this thing, and um, they put them together for one great adventure. Um, I like the, you know, I I like that it's it's set in history, and that's interesting. You know, there was a great escape from a German prisoner of war camp, and some of the what they portray in the movie was how these guys did it in real life. But then, in the same token, it just they use that as a backdrop um, for a great adventure movie. So, yeah, yeah. I was looking up real quick. I was just going to look up and see if I could find uh, you know, some of the names of the people that were in this. Um, and it was 1963 that it came out. Okay. Uh, Steve McQueen, James Garner, Richard, Att- Richard Attenborough, uh, James Don- Donald, Charles Bronson, Donald Pleasance, James Coburn. That's what I was um, Gosh, who else? I just a ton of people in here. Um, yeah, I mean, going down the list and. Oh, that's that guy's IMDb pictures of him as a Vulcan. That's kind of weird. Oh well. Yeah, there you go. You know, that's what you can be known for. Um, but yeah, just a ton of a ton of great actors in this movie. Right, and you know, and the cool thing about that is, is you know, when I and I've I've read some of the Rotten Tomato stuff about it, and they say that the movie takes too long to develop because it's a little bit of a you know longer movie in the beginning. And I go back and watch that, and you know, what's interesting is. As a kid, you know, you can, I, you can understand that because it's, you know, you want the action right away and just a lot of action. But I think, and especially as growing older, and this is kind of the why, the reason that I really like that, is these actors were so good, it's just a fun to watch them on screen. Mm-hmm. And so when you finally do get to an action sequence, then it's really special. It's not like, you know, there was three straight hours of action and it all kind of ends up running together. Yeah. Um, you know, just watching these guys act, watching them 
speak their lines and or listening to them speak their lines mm-hmm. rather um, is just uh, is just a great treat. And like I said, I, I can't get enough of Steve McQueen. Any movie he's in, you know, is 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 worth watching. Um, I've I've never seen that one. I'm going to go back and watch it. Okay, now, I've never. And it's uh, well, I, I won't give away the ending and all that okay, and, ruin, and ruin it for you. Um, but it also has, and like I mentioned before, this has uh, the greatest motorcycle chase ever put on a movie screen. Okay, and yeah, you've, you've said that you mentioned that before. Yeah, and that one's that one's worth watching. And, and anybody that likes chase scenes will know Steve McQueen okay. running from the Nazis on his motorcycle. And uh, it's this is better than the motorcycle scene in, in Matrix Reloaded. Yes. Okay. I mean, as, as I'm not going to put down any scenes, I but y- you know, this this is this this. this this thing is pretty special. Okay, I'll have to watch it. So, anyways, yeah, I'd say I'd definitely say the Great Escape is the number one uh, number one on my list, okay. and uh, just a great adventure movie okay. and uh, wonderful actors. The second one on the list, two number two, is uh, I would say Skyfall, and uh, okay. that was not only getting the you know special mention for the best my favorite Bond film, mm-hmm. but again, it's just and I think you mentioned this for a couple of the movies that you had on your list is I, I like everything. I like the costumes. Mm-hmm. I like, well, the costumes or the clothing. Um, the action sequences are pretty awesome. It's got a motorcycle chase scene mm-hmm. in it right. in the first five minutes of the movie on a rooftop. So, right. I mean, you know, that right there uh, is pretty awesome. The big Bond fan and all the Bond movies have a place, you know, in, mm-hmm. in all that. These Daniel Craig ones are pretty Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, just I like, you know, the, the Daniel Craig, I think you and I have talked about this before too. The Daniel Craig ones, I was, I, I like the Sean Connery ones, but um, I'm, a, I'm a big Roger Moore fan. And right. I think my, my wife's mom kind of has a problem with that because she's a Sean Connery fan. Yeah, it's, you and I know careful. Roger Moore is a little more campy and goofy. And, you know, I think it's kind of like the difference between Batman and Adam West. Batman. Right. Um, but you know, that's what I grew up with. Right. I grew up with Roger Moore, and so that was the one that I always liked the best. But I think with the, I think the way Daniel Craig handles it is, and you and I have talked about this before, um, is the way that when you when you got through to like um, was it License to Kill mm-hmm. and um, what was his other one for who the the guy from the eighties yeah no, License and I'm blanking out on his name right now too. Yeah, it's a, it's a day for blanking out of names. This is a living, great podcast. Yeah, that's living, right. <laughs> living Daylights and License to Kill. Living Daylights and Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. That's Thank right. You. There we are. It's a horrible movie podcast. Can't remember actors' names. Um, I love the Timothy Dalton movies, yeah. but you and I, I think we've talked about this before, that they were maybe a little ahead of their time yeah. and trying to get back to more of the, kind of like what the Bourne movies were. Mm-hmm. Was And I always saw the Bourne movies as a better modern Bond movie yeah. than the Pierce Brosnan right. ones. Like Pierce Brosnan, to me, was almost trying to be a little bit too much of, let's get more modern, but let's make it a little Roger Moore-ish yeah. Yeah. with those. And I thought that was taking a step backwards, because I like the Timothy Dalton ones, but you and I have talked before right. and said we think that was kind of ahead of its time. But Daniel Craig, I think, brings back... Daniel Craig is, is I think, he fulfills what people like about the Connery ones. Yeah. But he's got the intensity of like a Jason Bourne movie with the fighting and the action sequences and Timothy Dalton's a little bit more serious spy kind of take on it. And it almost goes back to what Ian Fleming's books were. Because I think that, you know, Ian Fleming's books were, you know, he was kind of a cold-hearted 
son of a son of a gun there, mm-hmm. and they they really. Uh, I, I have a bleep. So yeah, okay, that's yeah, yeah that's right. Like that's, if I need mm-hmm. to let it out, and but uh, he's a real. And if, he, if we have students listening, he he won't actually say anything. He did actually bleep, like it, when he opened his mouth and a bleep it, came out. That's so, right. So Mr. C did not swear. <laughs> that's right. He didn't say anything. Keep it clean for mm-hmm. the students. Yeah. The the droves of students that are listening right, right. now. The um, but no, they they he's just a cold hearted killer, and yeah. and really has no problems you know and i think i think in the books they even bring out a little bit more that you know he kind of the womanizer thing and mm-hmm. and all that but uh, i think these movies bring a little bit of that dosage back in which which is fun to watch and you're right the action sequences are a little bit sharper a little bit more intense um i, I mean the um the, the opening of uh, casino royale where they oh, get yeah. into that that foot race yeah um the uh First time most of the world was introduced to parkour. Parkour, exactly. I mean, it's so. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you can get. I don't know how you could be not excited to go run after seeing those right. guys. You know, run up the side of buildings and down and which. Well, was, I, I can give you some reasons why I wouldn't be excited to run. But, you know, <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Um, but even that, it really watching Daniel Craig. It, it kind of goes into kind of why I like Steve McQueen. He's just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love those action sequences and. All of that I could just watch over and over. Just the scene of him riding in the boat to that uh, casino in the in, in the middle of Skyfall. Just him in the tuxedo. He looks great. Um, just seeing him, um, you know, what's that uh, that end sequence where he's uh, he's he's oh, it's a it's a running sequence again where where he's um, it's the dialogue between him and mm-hmm. the uh, uh, him and the the main bad guy. Yeah. These. You know, it's just Lashif. that's right. They well, he was Lashif. It was Lashif in uh, Casino Royale, but it was the oh, which in, one are you Sky, in Skyfall. Oh, Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, watching him talk with that bad guy, you know, and and just watching him on screen is uh, a you know the fallen agent, um, whatever that that bad guy was. But watching them talk and just just watching, listening to Daniel Craig deliver his lines. And uh, seeing him walk around in a suit, you know, he looks. Mm-hmm. Ripped. Seeing him drive a car, it just, yeah. it's just fun watching him do that. Whereas, for me personally, at uh, you know, there's some actors, you, some movies. Okay, I, you know, doesn't matter who's in the role, the action is what brings you in. But right. it's, it's fun watching these guys, with Daniel Craig and Steve McQueen, do all that. Yeah. So, I, I definitely say Skyfall is. Uh, Okay. Number two on the and list. And the Adele song was pretty good. Yeah, the Adele song was amazing. Yeah. I mean, the soundtrack was great. And um, just the way they, in not a campy way, the way Probably they... Probably my favorite Bond song since A View to a Kill. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could, I don't know how you could fault it. I mean, yeah. it's it's pretty amazing. And the way they did the nostalgia in this movie, they did it in one of the, the Pierce Brosnan ones, where whatever the one was with... Uh, Madonna was in it. They were fighting the guy that was. Um, they were in the ice world and. Oh like, yeah, is it the world is not enough? No, not the world is not enough. It was. Uh, die another day. Yeah, die another day. Okay. In that, I think they they go into a room and he's got all the old Bond things in there. You know, it's got the shoe with the knife in it, and you know they're they they do those things. And I mean, okay, that was cool. They were you know showing a bunch of the old Bond stuff, and that was neat. But the way they did it in this movie, I thought was cool. Right down to where. Uh, Judy Dench was the old M, which was ironic because mm-hmm. she was the new M a couple of right. m- movies ago. Right. But now she's the old M, and Ralph Fiennes, yeah, Fiennes. Fiennes replaces her. 
And when he replaces her, like at the end of that movie, like just the door that Bond walks through right. into his office the is, is the red leather door, just like in the old movies. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, some of that delivery. Well, and finding out that the agent from the beginning of the movie, who's now sitting a desk job, is Money Penny. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so that, that was cool. That was a cool way to kind of cycle back and give, give a little bit of nod to mm-hmm. the old ones. And I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty slick. And I, uh, I mean, the scene where Judy Dench is giving her uh, her dialogue in before the the bad guy busts in and starts the gunfight in the mm-hmm. you know the the hall. I that I don't know how you could build a more intense scene right. with the music. There's a foot race, the explosions, and she's giving that that dialogue over the top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty awesome. And I mean, you know, again, I'm going to belie my love of cars, but when he gets into the old uh, Aston Martin mm-hmm. and drives yeah. away, and uh, I'll tell you, man. It's it's almost uh, is almost sit up and stand up and cheer when uh, you wonder. Okay, are they going to have the machine guns to come out of the headlights? Are they right. going to have the machine? And then, sure enough, the machine guns come out of the headlights, mm-hmm. and it actually serves a pur- yeah. So it's yeah. you know it serves a purpose in the movie. So I think there's uh, pretty cool stuff yes. in there. By the way, in the Great Escape, there's a stand up and cheer moment. But again, I don't want to give it away because mm-hmm. you know you haven't seen the movie. Okay. Those of you that have seen the Great Escape, you know exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> with the motorcycle chase, but. Right. Uh, you know, just when you see the Great Escape, you'll right. know what I, there is is a stand up and cheer spot in the Great Escape okay. as well. I'll go watch it. Um, so I'd say I'd say the third movie on my list would be the Blues Brothers. Okay. Um, you know, we when we did the Ghostbusters, we talked about how that Saturday Night Live. Um, Which let me let me jump in real quick. The if you're listening, the Ghostbusters, you won't see the Ghostbusters episode um, in our feed because. The problem was that was the first episode we ever recorded, and we talked about Ghostbusters. What was it? Ghostbusters, Nightmare on Elm Street. You, Gremlins. You still have nightmares. I still have nightmares. Uh, Gremlins and what was the other one? That was it. We were we did was, just, it was the just three. three. It was just three. That's just right. Just the three. Um, and we tried to record. We were trying to be clever, and we tried to record in a restaurant. The restaurant's music was maybe a little bit too loud, yeah. so the audio quality on that one is really horrible. Yeah. So maybe, Great soundtrack, though, but just... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe at some point in time, if we can clean up the audio on that and get it back out, um, those were our first episodes we ever released. So some of you may have heard them, but um, if you hear us reference having talked about Gremlins and Ghostbusters and Nightmare on Elm Street, and you don't see those in the podcast feed, that's because the audio quality is not very good, so we didn't put that back in there. Um, but at some point in time, maybe we'll try to clean those up and, yeah. and throw those back. But okay, so All go right. ahead. So I going ahead, and you know what? No, that's fine. And you were talking about music, and I forgot we talked about the the, the uh, music in Skyfall a little bit, the Adele song, and just that wonderful James mm-hmm. Bond score. I forgot to mention the Great Escape also has phenomenal music. One of the composers we talk about is Elmer Bernstein. Oh, and yeah. so Black Cauldron and Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, and Magnificent Seven, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's just and his his movie list goes on and on and on. But I get a little bit weird about movies that uh, just have music as background or just action music that really doesn't have a theme. It can't stand alone. It just is there as filler. Mm-hmm. And I, I can understand that in some places when you don't want music to cover up the action or get in the way of the action. However, I don't like to l- just listen to something that amounts to what a 13-year-old kid could put together on GarageBand. Right. And so what I like about these movies is that you you have music that can be standalone and Elmer Bernstein the music he wrote for The Great Escape is is phenomenal the march from The Great Escape I mean we 
I mean, there's, you know, concert bands that'll play it and, you know, string, I know professional uh, woodwind quartets that'll play that when they want to add a little pop selection on their concert. There's an arrangement for a middle school band that we play. And I mean, it's, it's just, it's really good. And the, the action music is, um, it's good music and it's done with a real live orchestra. So it doesn't need to be electronic kind of disco beat. Nice. You know, techno kind of stuff. So you do. Or, well, let me put it this way: it proves that you can do that with real instruments and real music and all that. It doesn't have to be like just electronic background to support an action scene. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I want to throw that in there as well. When you edit this, is you know, you're gonna have to deal with my stream of consciousness kind of talking. Where, I, there, there's no editing. Okay. Editing this. So the listeners will have to deal with my stream of consciousness where I'm talking about one thing and then back to the other and then wherever so anyways yeah i just wanted to throw that in there but um about the great escape however the blues brothers the uh we had spoken about the those saturday night live saturday night live cast members that just could do wonderful situational and improvisational comedy yeah so i mean the first thing that hits you about the blues brothers is you know just how funny it is to watch dan Aykroyd and john belushi um on uh, on screen, right down to where you know when he picks him up from jail, and I think there's just when they're walking John Belushi out, and he can look like such a smart, mm-hmm. just like so here we'll keep it clean for students. Look like such a smart aleck, you know, walking out, you know, where he's, you know, it's Frank Oz is there. He's like, you know, keep him back behind the line, and then please sign here. And he like leans forward against the table. I mean, it just and it sounds like a nothing scene, but just that little thing where he's standing behind the line. They tell him to stand behind the line. And then he says, well, you know, sign here. And he, like, falls forward to do it. Just the way John Belushi can deliver that, Mm -hmm. it's insanely funny. Um, And the little intro where they come out and John Belushi is facing Dan Aykroyd and they're about to jump into their their Dodge Monaco police cruiser, the, um, you know, cop shocks, cop Mm -hmm. motor, cop brakes, the Mount Prospect police car. You You don't like it? Yeah. No, I don't like it. Yeah, that jumps over the bridge. Then he jumps the bridge, but <laughs> cars, uh, cars got a lot of pickup. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Fix the cigarette it's a cop motor, four forty cubic inch plant. It's got cop tires, cop suspensions, cop shocks. Yeah. It's a model made before catalytic converter, so it runs good on regular gas. What do you say? It's a new bluesmobile or what? Fix the cigarette. Yeah, fix the cigarette later. But even you know the, all that, it's just one funny thing after another. Yeah. Um, the uh, but the intro to that movie is where they're sitting there and they come up and they do that the intro to uh, she caught the Katie yeah and it starts with a bum bum and it, yeah. it's got uh, you know Aykroyd's face and then dun dun you know uh, Belushi's face you just immediately you know you know you're going along for a ride with something um, after that you know after the comedy and just uh, the, and like the amount of cameos oh in yeah this movie I mean oh, half, yeah. half the cast is from Star Wars oh yeah oh you've got, yeah you've got Frank Oz at the very beginning right as, uh, you know as the um, the prison guard. The, guy, the prison guard yeah. uh, checks out all of his stuff, and uh, you always see Carrie Fisher's in it. Yeah. 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 It's it's cool. The um, Which, funny, it's this this movie was always one we'd watch all the time. My right. dad loved... This was probably one of his favorite movies. And um, I know we might have mentioned some of this on the podcast before, but uh, he died earlier this summer. My dad died earlier this summer. And when he had had a stroke, and uh, when he did finally um, kind of wake up a little bit in the hospital... 
we he wanted to watch the movies. Okay. And you know, because of the stroke, he couldn't. He, he wasn't able to laugh. But you know, the first things that he asked for, he's like, "Can, can you go get some go get some DVDs?" Mm-hmm. We said, well, "What do we, What do you want?" He's like, right, "You know what I like." So we went and got in Gladiator, which okay. I was one of your favorites. Right. That uh, was one of my dad's favorites too. And Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. So we brought Blues Brothers, and that was the first one he wanted to watch. Okay. And so, and the funny thing is, like, some of the nurses would stop yeah. what they were doing, and they'd like sit in there and watch it with us. We yeah. like, don't you probably have other patients? To go? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, but it's Blues Brothers. Yeah. But it, and it was hilarious. My dad, you know, he's he's kind of in and out every once in a while. But and, and we're kind of looking over and like, oh, okay, maybe he fell asleep. Maybe we should turn the movie off. And his eyes are closed. But all of a sudden, we'll be watching the movie, and, <laughs> and you think he's sleeping, and he goes. Did you get me my cheese whiz, boy? <laughs> yeah, he's quoting the thing. I'm like, yeah. all right, okay, we'll keep it on. Yeah, that's that's cool. But that's, we did that all the time. I mean, that's that movie got quoted so many times. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. And John Candy is the, you know, the mm-hmm. orange whip, orange, orange whip, whip. You know, we're on a mission from God. Three orange whips. Yeah, that's right. Hi. <laughs> my grandmother, my grandmother loves, of course, she, you know, God-fearing woman, goes to church all the time. Right. She loves the scene with James Brown. Oh, yeah. In the church. Oh, yeah. Oh, she would just be how. Oh, yeah. Every time that scene would come on, and you know, normally that's not the type of movie she'd watch, but that scene in particular makes it I, okay. I remember we put that on for her, and she would just laugh. That's funny through the whole thing. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, just. I the... woke up this morning, <laughs> yeah. and I heard a disturbing sound. <laughs> that's right. I that's... said I woke up this morning. <laughs> that's right. And then they. Hey, Amen. That's right. <laughs> and then they they come in. Do you the... see the light? And then the light comes down. You know, and it's, it's in the church. Yes. <laughs> Jesus H. God, blessed Christ, I see the light. I mean, how can you... And it's, it's, John Belushi is the only guy that can say it just like that and have it be funny on so many of the different levels. Oh, my gosh. The and band. The band? The, the band. No. The and, band. And and to this day... And God bless the United States of America. That's right. And, and then they get their dancing in there. And, I mean, uh-huh. that was such a great skit. I oh, mean, yeah. you watch the the Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi do the Blues Brothers on mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. In fact, that was one of Dominic's fate, watching them do Soul Man. Uh-huh. And he'd watch that from when he was two or three. I mean, yeah. that was the about the only Saturday Night Live we could watch, but mm-hmm. we'd watch the Blues Brothers. I mean, it was those guys were just I used great. to, as a kid, I used to have dreams of driving a car through a mall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that whole scene, I'm like... I wish you could really do that. Yeah. I mean, you can't, but I wish you could. That would be, look out, Muppets. Yeah. yeah they, do you have a Miss Piggy? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's Don't right. look like no expressway to me. The Cadillacs are in, or the Oldsmobile, or whatever's are in early this year. Early this year. Oh, man. Well, just that whole thing. And then, I mean, just just ingenious. Just one scene after another. I, I, the whole movie's basically a chase scene. Oh, yeah. For when, but when, And the cool thing that I like about this is, in reality, it's a musical. Yeah. Because, I mean, the whole thing is a chase scene until they get to... There's a song and dance break, mm-hmm. and then you know, I mean, the mall, the the James, um, not James, well, James Brown mm-hmm. in the church, and then the um, what was his name, Reverend Cleophas? Yeah, yeah, and then who the the Cab Calloway was the old uh, yeah was the uh, was the guy that you know that at, worked at the convent at, or the, or the, uh, the orphanage, orphanage yeah. right? That told him about the blues, and then mm-hmm. he got a chance to sing Minnie the Moocher at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, just and all the musicians in that movie are 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 great. I mean, a lot of them were the Saturday Saturday Night Live. A lot of them, not all of them, but were the Saturday Night Saturday Night Live uh, band. Yeah, playing, and you know, Dan Aykroyd could. You know, plays a harmonica pretty darn well, and he actually, you know, he's a pretty big. Well, I think he and John Belushi both are pretty big. 
blues fans. Yeah. And I know that Dan Aykroyd still hosts a blue on public radio has a, like a blue. It's the Elder Blues Blues that. Hour. Yeah. And I don't know if it's still on or if it's in syndication or whatever they do with radio. But I mean, yeah. he was a pretty big proponent of the blues and that. Yeah. And I know Dan Aykroyd is also a pretty big Motorhead too. I mean, uh-huh. like he really, you know, he's into cars and all that, which you know, Ecto One and the Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and now you know the Bluesmobile and this. And John Belushi, you know, he hangs in there pretty darn well. He's better than I can sing, you know. But, I mean, yeah. he hangs in there. And I've got some of their, the Blues Brothers albums and, you know, their live performances. And, mm-hmm. you know, he can, he can pull that thing off pretty well. One of, our, one of our favorite phrases to use sometimes around the house is, you know, if we're going to put on music in the car or, yeah. or something like that, you know, somebody will ask, we're going to put some, something on the car. And somebody will say, well, well, what kind do you have? And we have all of our music on our phone because it's up in the cloud. But uh, we have somebody ask, well, what kind of music do you have? And, and, yeah, and we I'm have both, like, but we, well, we have both kinds. We have country and yeah, western. I know, I know, I know. I, I still pull that out when people say, you know, I listen to country music. Really? So you like both kinds of music? You know, it's, it's easy. Both kinds. Oh, man. <laughs> and western. Well, yeah, and then all those guys go, and then, you know, the whole thing with the Illinois Nazis. Yeah. And just to, I hate Illinois I Nazis. hate <laughs> Illinois Nazis, you know. Oh, my gosh, that is... What what a one of my one of my dad's favorite scenes was when they're in the music shop with Ray Charles. Yeah, and the kid tries to steal. Was it a guitar? Yeah, he shoots it. Yeah, he does. He does. And uh, another great song. I mean, you yeah. get Ray Charles. Yeah. So it's just uh, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, just phenomenal. Like four fried chickens and a coke. And a coke. That sounds like <laughs> you want chicken legs or chicken wings. Four, four fried, fried chickens th- and a coke. Yeah. Y'all want anything? Dry white toast. Anything to drink? No, man. A Coke. <laughs> yes, right. That's right. Yeah. That's so classic movie. Yeah. And just, I mean, you know, a bit of Chicago lore. I mean, they, they had uh, they had them painted on the side of that building whenever you drive into the city. Mm-hmm. They yeah. had them painted on there for a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what a what a great Chicago movie. But like I said, phenomenal music. Yeah. Uh, it's just. It's got music and car chases. So it's, it's got it's everything it's, you want. It, there it is. And, uh, you know, the. Um, yeah, so we're just basically going going to go on and state the obvious more about that movie. But yeah. like I said, just just a, a, a phenomenal movie. I'd well, it's say, a shame we didn't start this podcast like five years ago because 1980. We'd, right, we'd be I, doing Blues Brothers. Exactly, exactly. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll mention it here. Yeah. So um, the final one on the list that I have uh, really set would be uh, the Big Lebowski. Okay, um, which was ninety. Five or six, or it was set in the early '90s, but I don't remember exactly when it came out because yeah. I think when it came out, I was probably too young to see it. Um, but first time I saw it was in college, '98. '98. Okay, I think the first it came out in '98. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then it it was set. It was set early in the '90s, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So it it okay. Then that makes a, that makes sense. And I, the first time I think I saw it was in college. Um, and actually, uh, yeah, because I, I I went to college, I started college in '99, so yeah, that would have come out the year before, and I think I probably saw it maybe my first or second year in the college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't what, what did I say '95 or six? So I was yeah. only off by a few a couple years. On. Yeah, but I saw that in college, and I don't know what to say about this movie other than it's perfect. Like I don't know if there is one fault in this movie. It it is funny on so many different levels. The cast of characters. I mean, I don't know how you can be creative enough to come up with such a motley assortment of of people in this movie and each person even the little bit part are like entertaining to watch i mean they're they're funny funny people i mean everyone from bunny lebowski to brant the assistant Mm -hmm. to uh the private investigator that's following him in the car Mm -hmm. i mean and i'm not even up donnie yeah that's well i mean that's it i mean you know the the um 
Steve Buscemi, uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, Jeff Bridges, and and John Goodman. I, I just I, those guys nail those roles, and I think it's just it's the perfect storm of phenomenally creative writing. And then the actors took it and just took it to the next level. I mean, it's, I guess, has it reached cult status? I mean, I know Milwaukee does a Lebowski Fest. And, uh, you know, you can watch, you know, drink white Russians and watch whatever and go bowling and do the whole thing. But the, so I'd say the, the cast, the writing, the story is pretty funny. I mean, you know, is it our plot? Yeah, I mean, he basically just wants to get his rug back and everything mm-hmm. keeps... Well, it I really mean, tied the room really together. tied the room yeah. together. <laughs> but, I mean, even the sidelines where, you know, the one guy, the two guys that come to rough him up, you know, he's like, you're holding the bowling ball, and he says, you know, what is this? And then he drops the bowling ball, and he says, obviously you're not a golfer. You know, I mean, it's just like, and one of those lines, like, you, you maybe won't catch the first time you see it, but then it's like you, you go back and see it, and it's like, man, that thing is, that is hilarious, you know? And, you know... The way he he will sit there and he'll hear someone say something and then the next thing you know he'll be you know using that in the line like when mm-hmm. the two guys that come to rough him up when I think the one's name is Wu you know and you know he's the one that urinated on the rug and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and then when he goes to the real Lebowski the other Lebowski to ask for the money for the rug you know he he says to him he says did I urinate on your rug sir and he says well no Wu urinated on my rug but in the way he uses the name Wu it's like that this is like a friend of their it's like someone that they know right. but they're complete strangers but the way he delivers those lines and and then it's like I said it keeps going and then suddenly you, you this movie can't get any more insanely funny and obscure and weird and then suddenly uh, the narrator and who's he shows Sam uh, Sam Elliott yeah Suddenly he shows up and he yeah. suddenly becomes a character in the movie and it's like okay and that that guy's really funny to watch and all that and uh, John Goodman's little bouts of anger yeah uh, yeah it's um, it's it's it is a funny movie and I, like I said it's just it's just perfect in every way yeah. it I, I don't you know it, the more every time you watch it you can find something else funny in another layer of writing and another or another layer of humor in the writing oh, yeah. so yeah. Um, John Goodman's the reason we don't podcast on a Saturday. That's right. It always has to be on a weekday. I don't roll on. <laughs> I don't roll on Shabbos. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, Which oddly enough, John Goodman went to. Um, my parents lived in their Southwest Missouri, mm-hmm. and went to Southwest Missouri State, which is now just Missouri State. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Goodman, John Goodman went to school there. Okay, and he was there. I think right about the same time, and, and um, you know he was in like some of the theatrical productions that they would do. Uh, at the university, so like they have some, like they remember they remember him being there once he mm-hmm. got famous and was on the Roseanne TV show and, and did all the other movies and everything else. But right, as he originally came from Missouri, from a very very small place. Yeah, that's funny. Big guy from a small place. Big guy from a small place. Well, he, you know, definitely a great actor and definitely did a great job in the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. So that's that's pretty much i i can give you four and yeah. like you mentioned earlier you know it's it's hard because then you start mentioning other ones like oh gladiator but then i also mentioned that i'm a big fan of master and commander so it's right. like okay well which one do i put in there if and i put then, in gladiator i have to put in master and commander right yeah. you know because there's that genre of movies um so i'm just gonna you know we haven't even gotten into star wars and indiana jones right. and you know back to the future and all that so i'm gonna leave my uh 
I'm going to leave my all-time favorites. I'm going to leave that as a, a, a top four and then just say that, you know, I plan to live, you know, one or two more years. So hopefully right. hopefully the fifth greatest movie will, will come along shortly, but right. I'm going to leave it. It know. is. It's going to be out December 18th of this year. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So right. there you go. So uh, in my last question for you um, is name one or two underrated or underappreciated movies that if somebody was going to go out and look for a movie to watch... What is one that maybe they wouldn't have looked at the first time around or they might not have heard of, mm-hmm. but it's a movie that you like and you think other people might enjoy? Uh, I'll, easy. Um, and this one, actually, this one could make a strong case for being tough. Are you, you going to do Rush? Uh, am I going to do Rush? I'm actually, it is going to be Formula One, but okay. it's racing. But it's, this one actually could be the, the, the fifth place on my list. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm cheating a little bit. That's fine. But um, the movie, it's called Senna, the movie. And it's, okay. it's about, it's a documentary uh, about the life of Ayrton Senna, who is one of the greatest drivers of all time. Now, as you know, however much of a listening audience we have, before I alienate everyone and saying, oh, well, I'm not into car racing and cars and all that. Um, we have listeners from Russia now. Okay, well, there you go. As of this week, we well, have listeners in Russia. We're, we, you, you never know. We got some... We, so once I pull it up on Google Translate, I will say welcome right. in Russian. That, that you can throw it out there. <laughs> the um, No, but I would say check out Senna the movie. <laughs> it is a documentary, and so if you're into documentaries, you'll like the movie. But it's interesting because... It really it doesn't have the feel of a documentary. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the people that put this together really spent a lot of time um, researching, and they they had everything from home movies and footage. And I think they were given access by the. It's, Ariadne Senna is a uh, is a Formula One driver, so they, the Formula uh, the international organization that you know sponsors and, and promotes these events gave this uh, filmmaker access to just about. Um, all of the footage, you know, all the you know trackside cams, the the TV cameras, every piece of angle footage, car cams, everything that they needed to put this movie together, and it really it doesn't have the feel of a documentary. The music is very very good in it. Um, I I don't know. I read a little bit about the person that did the music, but it doesn't it it doesn't have kind of sometimes documentaries. You know, they kind of shortchange on the music side yeah. of things, and you know it. it it becomes an afterthought, or they use the you know the music the music samples that came with the that came with the program. They'll just kind of fire those in. The music in this movie is very very good, and like I said, it's it's a very compelling story about this uh, this individual, uh, this this phenomenally talented driver. And actually, uh, Jason, uh, who you've heard on our podcast as well, uh, Jason Kao saw this movie, and mm-hmm. I remember talking to him about it. And he you know it, you know we spoke at a little bit of it like. A documentary, but we also a lot of the conversation was like something that you could be talking about um, with, uh, you know, about just about any other feature-length film. Yeah. And the cool thing about all this is that it's real. You know, it's as much as that. Oh man, that sounds like something right out of a movie, either in story or in what these guys can do when they're behind the wheel of a car. It's uh, it's real life, and it it's it's. Uh, if you know about Sunny, you know that it's a very tragic story. But it, I mean, it's it's something that you would uh, that I think if you know you're looking for a movie for a while, it was on Netflix. It's worth a look. I was going to say I was just looking it up now to see if it was still there. I, um, I think it's. I think it's, I know you can rent it. I just I noticed you could rent it through the DVD, but it doesn't look like it's on streaming okay. anymore. Okay. Maybe that'll. Yeah. Hopefully that will cycle back. They in. have a whole bunch of other. Once I search for it, they give me a bunch of other recommendations that might be similar to it. But yeah, yeah. it looks like you can get, if you have Netflix. 
DVD rental. Yeah. You know, where it gets sent to your house. It looks like you can get it that way, but it looks like it's not on streaming anymore. Yeah. I I think if you if you like if you like Formula One, you've seen this movie already. If you like car racing, then you'll love this movie. If you like cars, you'll really like, you know, you check out the racing side of things. If you're really not into car racing at all, um, there's enough human drama and, and stories about these. It's just a good documentary. Good documentary. Very well put together. Okay. Um, it's spelled, if you're looking for it, it's spelled S-E-N-N-A. Uh, and the movie was from 2010. That's right. Yeah. And finally, it, for all those that don't like watching documentaries, it doesn't have the feel of a documentary at all. Okay. So, you know, like I said, that would be the that would be the lesser known one that um, I would highly recommend. Cool. And we'll go. We'll go ahead and put that on the top five list as well. Yeah. Okay. yeah Let so it be number five. Let that be number five. There okay. we go. There we go. All right. You have anything else for us? I don't know. I, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, this has been one of your co-hosts, Patrick Canigallo, um, and hopefully you now feel like you know him a little bit better other than just him being confused by never-ending story and thinking <laughs> the Commando was the most awesome thing ever, um, which it is, and that's fine. Yeah, um, it's just awesome. It, it is. It's, I think that's just, if we had a, like, a cartoon character of you, that would be your tagline. That would be your catchphrase. <laughs> that would just be it. Just awesome. Just, just, you know, like, I'm Groot in... Uh, right. You know, as opposed to saying, that you know how to say. Yeah, as opposed to saying, I am Groot, it would be awesome. Awesome? Awesome. awesome. Yeah. I think it's a never-ending story. Awesome? Awesome? <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe that's it. I'm gonna just going to try that. That okay. You know, I'm just going to... One word. That's it. Just use awesome from that's now fine. on. And then let it be the inflection. Awesome. Okay. There it is. All right. Well, uh, as we have mentioned before, we do have a voicemail line. We're coming up um, just in the next, probably the next week or so, uh, on Tuesday is when we have planned to record our other um, podcast episodes for the next three or four episodes. So we are going to be talking about Repo Man, The Terminator, uh, Brazil, and Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future so if you have anything about those movies, if you have any feedback you'd like to give us, any comments on them, uh, if you want to talk about what's gone wrong with the Terminator movies since the first and second one, feel free to go ahead and chime in. Uh, we do have a voicemail line. It is 872-35-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. And if nothing else, you can call that voicemail line to hear my poor imitation of the movie phone guy. Um, we also have a crowdfunding page. Uh, as we've said before, it doesn't cost a lot for us to put out this podcast. Um, it's just very small hosting fees. But if you, you've already supported us in such a great way with all the downloads and the, the listens and everything else, um, but if you are enjoying what you're hearing and you'd like to throw a little bit our way, um, we do have a crowdfunding page at The 30 Podcast. That's The, T-H-E, 30 podcastpodbeancom and there is a link on there that is called the Be My Patron. So go ahead and click on that, and that will take you to the crowdfunding page. You can also find us on Twitter. If you do not want to give us feedback over the voicemail line, we are on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter, we are at 30podcast. That's at 30podcast. And on Facebook, we are 30podcast.facebook.com. So feel free to hit us right on the face. Um, I think that's it. That's it. That's it. I'm out. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Believe I love her. Look what I hold on. She'll believe.